Welcome to the Live to Shoot podcast. I'm Jeff Dowdle and I've been a, a licensed firearm dealer for 13 years. I'm passionate about supporting our Second Amendment rights and in this podcast I'll talk about all topics related to the Second Amendment as well as I might slip in a sports story or a movie update as well. So you may hear some rain in the background this because it is raining um, this morning and Texas in August you don't complain about the rain. You celebrate it so when I don't have a fancy recording studio in my office. Just enjoy the, the soothing sounds of the rain, I guess. And I host my podcast on Buzzsprout, which is a great hosting platform for, uh, I guess, beginner podcasts like me or people just starting out. They've got some great plans, but they were going through statistics and through theirs in the, the 50% of, of podcasts. So I don't know beyond that. I know I'm not in the top top 10%, but uh, just based on downloads and, and stuff, such. So I guess uh, it's cool. like at least um, somebody's listening out there. So uh, this week was a exciting week. It was the Republican National Convention. And I don't know if you all got to watch it. If you didn't, you may go watch the videos. I'm not big on conventions. I really don't even, you know, the don't usually watch them. I didn't watch the Democratic convention at all. Typically, I don't watch the, the Republican convention much, except maybe the feature one or two. But since this is with unusual times, I thought I would tune in and just see how it was handled. And I think I said somewhere that this was like no, no, no other uh, Republican convention that I'd seen. I thought they did a fantastic job. And the reason that they did it, for, for my opinion, were a couple things. One, it, it was real um, you go through and you see stories of Andrew Pollock and Sean Parnell and the story of Ann Dorn and, and her husband and Alice Johnson and, and Nick Sandman and, uh, you know, watching the part the president pardon John Ponder and the naturalization ceremony and things like that. But, you know, it was incredible. I, I went back and I looked at the 2012 podcast our two, I'm sorry, 2012 convention, the list of speakers. And they had 86 speakers in 2012, and 16 were what I classified as non-politician, uh, regular people. And what I considered a politician was anybody that was part of the campaign, was you know a governor, a representative, senator, ambassador, family of the candidates, all those types of things. And this year we had 69 speakers and 32 of them were non-politicians. They were just your normal Abby Johnsons uh, of the world telling their story. And speaking of Abby Johnson, <clears throat> if you hadn't seen the movie about her story, Unplanned, I'd highly recommend watching it as well. She is the woman that uh, worked in a Planned Parenthood clinic and after seeing an actual abortion has become a pro-life uh, advocate. And she tells her story in, in, in the, at the convention and the movie is, is the same thing. Now, I will, will tell you that the movie, I wouldn't recommend it for anybody below their teenage years. It's some tough uh, subject matter. There's a few disturbing graphic scenes. So, but boy, if you really want to bring it to life about what abortion and the Planned Parenthood clinics are like, I really recommend you seeing that. But so that brings me to the other point of what I thought this convention was was so good is that the Republicans finally really drew a line about what they are about. I think in the past we've been very 
fuzzy in a lot of times about what our platform is and what we believe. And they came out in full force and did not dance around difficult topics. They were very, you know, very pro-life. We had the Abby Johnsons. We had Andrew Pollock and talking about his, his daughter being killed. And I just want to play you a bit of, of his speech here as he talks about his experience with the, the president and the aftermath of his daughter's uh, killing at the, at the Parkland shooting. So many moments that I waited so long for were taken from me. I didn't get to drop her off at college. I didn't get to walk her down the aisle. But every moment was taken from her, and for what? I never wanted this to become a political spectacle, but it did. I never wanted to meet the president like this, but I did. I was invited to the White House. The truth is, I had just buried my daughter that week. I really wasn't interested in public events like a tour or a photo op. I was interested in answers and solutions. So if the president wanted to meet me personally, I said I'd go. They said, of course, that was his plan. At the White House, my family and I sat with the president in the Oval Office and told him about Meadow. I told him what we knew. I told him that his administration needed to take a closer look at what went wrong and why. And I got to see who President Trump really is. He's a good man and a great listener, and he cuts through the BS. Then the president did what he said he would do. He took action. He formed a school safety commission that issued dozens of recommendations to make schools safer. But I'll bet you never heard about that. Instead, the media turned my daughter's murder into a coordinated attack on President Trump, Republicans, and our Second Amendment. In fact, when President Trump asked me and other parents of children that were murdered in school shootings to join him as he announced the commission's findings, the media's first question wasn't about protecting kids. Shockingly, they asked about the government shutdown. President Trump turned to me appalled and said, Andy, can you believe these people? We're trying to talk about school safety and this is what they do. But I could believe it. After my daughter's murder, the media didn't seem interested in the facts. So I found them myself. I learned that gun control laws didn't fail my daughter. People did. I just can't really imagine what it'd be like to be a father and, and be in that situation and have your child killed. But again, very difficult story, but very moving. And I really you know, think that that was one of the things that differentiated this convention from, from others. Now, the other thing that, that in terms of what this convention was, is was it was really an attempt to show the diversity of the Republican Party. And that it's not just a bunch of rich white guys. Now, they've been you know, accused of, you know, just bringing out tokens and such. But, you know, I think I dare you to go to Herschel Walker. And I think some have already tried to, you know, to say that he's a token and that he's, his words were not, you know, meaningful and that he didn't mean them. And you look through at all the other, you know, different ethnicities and races that came along, showed that, you know, you, that this is a party for everybody, and it's, it is inclusive for anybody that is willing to have an, an original thought. And that brings me to the, another speaker that I really was impressed with, and that was Clarence Henderson. 
He was the he was a civil rights activist, did lunch counter uh, sit-ins in the 60s, and he really came out, and I'm going to play a clip of it here because this is stuff that, you know, just doesn't get told, and he flat out came and, you know, it, explained it, and so I just want you to listen to the, the words and the facts that he, that he presents. Greetings, my fellow Americans. I am Clarence Henderson. There have been movements that have changed the course of history. Among the most extraordinary was the Civil Rights Movement. Sixty years ago, segregation was legal and enforced. The simple act of sitting at a lunch counter could lead to physical harm, jail time, or worse. I know from personal experience, walking into Woolworth's department store on February 2nd, 1960, I knew it was unlike any day I'd experienced before. My friends had been denied the day before because of the color of their skin. We knew it wasn't right. But when we went back the next day, I didn't know whether I was going to come out in a vertical or prone position, in handcuffs or on a stretcher, or even in a body bag. By sitting down to order a cup of coffee, we challenged injustice. We knew it was necessary but we didn't know what would happen. We faced down the KKK. We were cursed at and called all kinds of names. They threatened to kill us, and some of us were arrested, but it was worth it. Our actions inspired similar protests throughout the South against racial injustice. And in the end, segregation was abolished, and our country moved a step closer to true equality for all. That's what actual peaceful protests can accomplish. America isn't perfect. We're always improving. But the great thing about this country is that it's not where you come from, it's where you're going. I was born on what some would call the wrong side of the tracks. I don't even have a birth certificate. I never attended an integrated school and am the only one out of my immediate family who graduated from college, an HBCU. I'm a military veteran and a civil rights activist. And you know what else? I'm a Republican, and I support Donald Trump. If that sounds strange, you don't know your history. It was the Republican Party that passed the 13th Amendment, abolishing slavery. It was a Republican Party that passed the 14th Amendment, giving black men citizenship. It was the Republican Party that passed the 15th Amendment, giving black men the right to vote. Freedom of thought is a powerful thing. There are Americans, voters all over the country, who media is trying to convince to conform to the same old Democratic talking points. You know what that'll get you? The same old results. Joe Biden had the audacity to say, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. Well, to that, I say, if you do vote for Biden, you don't know history. Well, I just love his boldness and, you know, how uh, powerful his words are. And just hopefully some people, you know, take some of this to heart. I don't know where, you know, this election is going to go, where the campaign is going to go. But my hope for the Republican Party is that they... Don't lose these stories and beyond the convention that, that they carry out. They bring these people out along on the campaign 
to continue to tell their stories for those that did not get to uh, hear them and really you know, spread the word about what the Republican Party is, who, what Donald Trump is about, um, who the real man is, because I think that was part of the other uh, themes is who is the real man that's Donald Trump versus the, the evil white man, orange man, whatever you want to call it, that CNN and MSNBC likes to portray. So hopefully that that's what they will continue to do. I'm encouraged by it. I think there's a lot of energy behind it. And uh, just uh, encourage you, to, you know, if you value your Second Amendment rights, because that is the thing that this, one of the biggest things that is at risk right now with this election is our Second Amendment rights, is get out, spread the word, get as many people out there to vote. Because if this is a Pence-Harris administration, they will come for our guns. So, well, I appreciate you listening as usual. If you like it, subscribe, share this with your friends, rate this five stars if you like, and I will put uh, my email and contact information in the in the show notes. And go out and watch some of these videos uh, if you missed them because they are there's some cur- they're encouraging and they're they're inspirational as well. So, everybody, take care and have a good week.